Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, today it's our great pleasure to have with us Beth Travis. Beth is a super talented textile designer and the founder of the interior brand Bobo1325, who are based um, in Manchester here in the UK. Beth has and is known for having a, an incredibly unique style. She lives life to the full and has an equal passion for pattern and print. And we're going to hear all about that, no doubt, today. Beth, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> Beth, tell us about your creative journey and how and when you decided to become a textile stroke interior designer, because you are a blend between both, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, not sure how it happened, but no. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I never really, I wasn't a creative person. Well, I was, but I was always outside and I was always just climbing trees. And so it wasn't until I was really at school, um, year 11, uh-huh. that I started uh-huh. to become more creative. Um, I was a semi-professional swimmer. Oh, okay. And I was about 15, 16, and I discovered, like, boys and going out to play. So I stopped training <laughs> to have a bit of a life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, creative kind of took over that gap that was missing from when I was swimming um, I just love to build things and I love to draw and I went to uni and at first I did interior design um, but I'd spend all my times after building my elevations I wouldn't stick to the plan because I like to color outside the lines I don't yeah. like the scale you have to be bang on I'm like no too many boxes yeah I didn't like it I felt really really contained and so it wasn't until really my lecturer sat me down and he had this woman next to him and he was kind of just like, you, you're really good, you've got good ideas. He's like, but you prefer to do this because I'd build my elevation and then I'd design all the wallpapers and all the fabrics for inside and just forget about everything else. Yeah, yeah it's a fun bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so the woman that was with him, um, well, she was um, one of the sub-lecturers or something and uh-huh. she told me about the course called Surface Pattern Design yeah. for fashion interiors that Huddersfield had um, and it was basically what I was doing um, so I kind of signed up for that course yeah. left interior design and never really looked back oh, that's the same course I did many 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 years ago yeah it? yeah it is yeah 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 but like you say it gives you a good grounding in all different aspects and be able to move between the different circles so you study in both fashion and interiors and textiles and is a, is a great grounding isn't it it's good yeah, i just think surface pattern design kind of encompasses so many different design elements and artistic elements and yeah. people aren't necessarily aware of all the things that we can do we just in, we have so many skills and it's fun that we get to utilise them yeah. all in one go. Yeah, it's funny, I wrote something the other day and a new headline was um, no surface is safe now from digital disruption because you can pretty much print on anything. Yeah. No, that's true, I love it. Yeah. I think which which for the, the creative it just gifts you a, an amazing new toolbox, doesn't it? Which is fantastic yeah. for you for bespoke projects. Tell us, just before we move on, tell us about Bobo, Bobo um, 325. So tell oh. us a little bit about your brand and what you do actually do. Okay, um, don't know why I'm lost with that. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Um, so when did you I, found Bobo? 
2016, I founded it, but it didn't really start until 2017 when I moved to Manchester. Okay. Um, it was kind of just like, I graduated uni in the middle of a recession, so uh -huh. it was kind of like, you're knocking on doors for jobs, and at uni they don't tell you how hard it is. No. Once you've finished, and you just feel so lost. You just feel adrift, uh, don't you? Yeah, you just, so I was yeah. on all doors and I was saying, look, I'll work for you for free. Just give me, like, experience and blah, 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 blah. And I had interviews in, you know, over, across the world. I had them in Australia. I had them in Canada and New York. But the same thing, it was kind of like visa, not visa issues, but it, it's yeah. just, it's so complex that they just, you just can't be bothered if you're a company. Not bothered, but it's too just. Too, yeah, it's too much of an investment for them. Yeah, um, and here it was the recession, so everyone was kind of like, no. Um, but then I had a really bad interview in London, and it was actually the best interview that I had. It was, it was awful because I came away and I just, it was, it felt like a personal attack. It wasn't constructive, and I think when you're creative, you can you can take that criticism because you know, not everyone is going to like what you create. It's not. Yeah everyone's taste but this was like quite a personal personal attack um it was horrible, really awful it was a cross between mean girls and devil wears prada oh no and i'm from the northeast so it was really hard to just sit and take it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i came out that meeting and that's the day that bobo was really born because i just kind of said well do you know what screw it if the doors aren't opening i'll um and so I did. I moved to Manchester. I started designing my launch collections. Got a studio in AWOL Studios in Manchester. Yeah. Little plug there because they're amazing if you're looking for a creative space. That's good to know. Um, yeah, and that was it. I just started getting all the sample boxes and I started sending sample boxes out to, um, I did all my research. So I sent sample boxes out to interior designers saying, I'm brand new, this is who I am, this is yeah. what I do. And it was about four months in that Space Invader got in touch and they were like, we respect you for this hotel. And at the time I was just doing wallpaper and I thought it was a joke because it was it was a bit like the equivalent of, you know, those emails where they tell you that you've got a prince waiting with $9 million in your bank. <laughs> yeah, or you've won an award, but it's going to cost you $300 to claim it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I sent an email back to them and I said, yeah, good one. <laughs> um, they were like, no, no, we're serious. And yeah, that's, that's how the contract market really started for me. Because it was going to be wallpaper. I was really fresh, really new. It was... That job threw me into the deep end. I lied because they were just like, you know, fabric, can you do fabric? And at the time I was like, yeah, of course. Of course you do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I'm Googling Crib 5 and Martin yeah. Day rub tests. And I'm like, yep, yeah, cool. Um, and then, yeah, I um, contacted you guys when yeah. you were at Digitech. Yeah, 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 while ago. And then from the wallpaper to the fabric, it got to be um, hand-tufted rugs as well. So, yeah, I think that is my favourite just because it was the biggest I learnt the most yeah. and it was just the craziest feeling when you're, you're four months in and you're kind of just like, this shouldn't be happening to me this soon. <laughs> you know, I feel like I haven't earned it. Yeah, 
the interesting thing about that whole contract space, though, is that the, that the the your clients, interior designers, specifiers, and architects who are building and putting together all of these huge projects, yeah. with with digital disruption, digital technologies, they're also part of that learning curve. So mm. I think everybody that is currently working in this space, as new technologies and new substrates start to become a, come up come available, you know, there is there are no that everybody's expertise is only current on that day and we're all constantly learning we're all in a huge learning curve and i think it's great great that you know your generation can embrace all of those new technologies and perfect timing for you too because all of your work is bespoke isn't it really yeah and you know custom made to client specifications so as a designer you can add your creativity to any scheme for any client out there can't you yeah, so at the minute I'm kind of experimenting. Experimenting. That's okay. It's a new word. Yeah. <laughs> it's <not> a new <laughs> word. <laughs> experimenting with um, etching and oh, great. Uh, La laser etching. Brilliant. Laser yeah. Etching. So you get like a three D effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's in prototype. It's going to be really cool. Oh, that's great. Tell us a bit about how your style then. Tell us about the um, the designs that you create and what inspires you to create them. Um, my friend gave me this line because I really struggled when you said to do like, what is your design style? Because to me, it's kind of, I, I don't know how to describe my work. Yeah. My mom says I can go from the sublime to the ridiculous in the space of five seconds. <laughs> Thanks, mom. But my friend said that she, <laughs> she thinks that they're delicately pretty, which was good, but with a hint of menace. Uh -huh. And I actually really liked that. Yeah, I like uh, that too. It's very striking. Yeah. I think yeah. because my collections, my main collections are always inspired by something that isn't necessarily considered a beautiful subject. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, they're often, they're inspired by social conscience, really. Um, what, have, what have we done? We've done climate control, hunting extinction. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not pretty to talk about, but I think that they should be talked about. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's my aim when I design. It's kind of like, Design has function, form, yep. and it also has purpose. And so it's more, I think it's really easy to design a pattern. You know, people always need patterns, that's fine, but I wanted to have purpose, yep. like real meaning. Um, so it's like gender equality, mental health mm -hmm. is a huge one, and that was the Bruhari collection. Yep. That was Decorex. And then this year, end of this year, we're going to have the plastic pollution. Oh, in the fantastic. So it's really... Topical, topical, topical issues, really, which is, which is great because you're defining a new space, aren't you, for yourself as well. And, you're not, you know, I always call it toothpaste. There are so many people out there that just keep creating the same things because they know that they sell and their portfolios are full of those. Yeah. But there's no unique identity. You've always had a very, very strong, um, very, very strong hand. Yes. Um, yeah, so on October the 31st, there will be a, limit, a design that is based on Brexit. Oh really? So, okay. Yeah, it's going to be a toile. I'm experimenting with a toile de jour. Every French person out there is really outraged at my <laughs> attempt at saying that. But, yeah, so I think I think that's going to be a really good one because it's kind of like the best of Britain. Yeah. So 
rather than focus on the negativity, which is awful, it's going to be like moments and people who've actually made us who we are and our society. So we've got, you know, the suffragettes. um, Fantastic. Things like that. So I'm really, really excited about that one. Oh, what what products are you going to make it available for? Wallpaper. Wallpaper, okay. Probably fabric as well, but we'll see because it's all really, really fine. Yeah, it's really, really delicate. This one, it's um, yeah, it's all done in a uh, big biro. Oh, cool! So that's perfect lead, actually. So tell us how you create your your artworks because everything's very much done by. And your first line of this question was just the best one I've had today. When I asked you this question, you said your first line was tequila and music, which is fabulous. <laughs> that is that is true. It's always the <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> I have um, all my clients ask me that question. Cause we sit down and we have chats and they're kind of like, what is in your head? And that genuinely it is, it's nearly always tequila. Um, but yeah, I kind of get the ideas and then I start to kind of, I think you've got to loosen up um, to really let the ideas flow. I mean, they come to you and it's kind of like, okay, so how can I do this? And then I think, yeah, tequila helps me loosen up, helps me get a little bit in the, in the zone, in the creative yeah. vibe. Just a couple I have to add here. This is uh, yeah. This is no indication. This is just a couple to sort of. <laughs> and then, yeah, and only after five pm. <laughs> and you have like um, and you, you make a playlist and yeah, you have a yeah, you have little dance parties in your studio, and you just have like I I get like a really huge piece of paper and I pin it to my wall. Yeah. And I'll just stand, like, I'll just have the music on and then the ideas will start to flow and then you create, like, you just write down everything and then you start to draw. And I think that's the funnest part. Yes. Because you can see it in your head. Yeah, when you cut out the noise of everything else that goes on in the world. Yeah. It's just, yeah. There's no feeling to describe it. It is just so fun. And then you kind of, I've done overnighters here and um, in the studio so as everyone's coming in in the morning I'm going out and I look I look positively horrendous <laughs> I've got all over my face and I just grunt at people on the way out um, but but sometimes yeah. when you get that creative flow as you say you don't want to break it you just keep going don't you till you've finished it because on, on another day it will take a different direction so yeah. if you're really happy with that zone you stay in it yeah, and I think it's so easy to do because it's so easy because it comes from inside of us when we create. It's not something that, yeah, you know, so tells yeah. So, yeah. so, in like, yeah, it's, it's from your soul and you have to make yourself a little bit vulnerable and give yourself to it. And yeah. so that's not something you can stop and start, I don't think. I agree, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just so lucky. I think we have like the best yeah. job in the world. Like people say, what have you done at work today? And I was like, oh, I drew, I drew loads of flowers and things like that. <laughs> just like, it's not a job. Like, yeah, it's a vocation, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's, a, right. it's a passion that just carries on your whole life. And I think really as a true creative as you are, Beth, as well, it's something you can't stop doing. You, no. can't, you can't stop being creative. You just see things all of the time and it, it all becomes part of your work, which is great. Tell us about... Um, as a specialist in contracted interiors, tell us about your most favourite project to date and how that came about and what you had to manufacture and to, to make that happen. Um, I touched upon the Princess Street Hotel. Uh-huh. That you know, the wallpaper, the, uh, the fabric and the rugs, and that was really, really important because 
at the time I didn't really know about um, vinyl backed wall coverings. Mm -hmm. Didn't really know about crib five. Yeah. Martindale or rug tests yeah. and rugs yeah. I had absolutely no idea about. Yeah. So that was my that was like so so good. Um, but I've also worked um, the ones I've done in there's projects in the lakes. So there's a a hotel called the Linda Tower. Mm -hmm in Windermere and it's Beatrix Potter's old house. Oh great. And so they used a couple of like they used wallpaper and they used fabric for like cushions and seating in there. And that was really special because I remember when I was a little girl and like my parents would read me Beatrix Potter. Yeah. Dad still calls my sister Mrs. Tiggywinkle. Oh really? So. <laughs> um so that was I think the ones in the lakes always look really magical. Um, I'm drawn to the outside. Yes, and I, your work as well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, um, if I'm not in the studio, I'm either swimming up a mountain yeah. or doing something with, like, music um, yeah. or together. <laughs> um, so anything that is re um, has a lot of life to it and has a lot of, woodland elements or something that reminds me of the outside they're always the ones that are my favorite because they just they make me feel at home yeah it's great so sourcing uh, moving from that then sourcing textiles and wallpapers for contract use requires certification which as you said earlier not everybody is aware of but you know the contract side of the industry for hotels and leisure is regulated yeah. As you say, Crib 5, Martindale, fire retardancy, all of those things are huge, a huge issue. So how, how do you get over that? How do you choose who you're going to work with and how do you source? Um, basically, you just you find your suppliers mm -hmm. and then you ask them for their fabric spec sheets, if it's fabric, and then you kind of compare and contrast, like, who's got the best rubs, who's got... Yeah. Have you found that's got easier over the years? It's more I do. more available and more printers available as well. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot more printers available um, and you can get it done. If you make, the thing I'd really say is make an effort with your suppliers mm -hmm. because if you get to know them, they get to know you and emergencies will always happen. Someone will <laughs> buy a fabric. Um, I had that this week. Yeah. Um, so someone will forget to order something. So, the nicer you are to your suppliers and you get to know them, you get to understand the process, which is always really good because when you get asked questions, you can answer them straight away. You don't have to say, I'll go ask someone. Yeah. Um, and I guess you're learning, you're both learning in both directions too as well when you have a close relationship with your supplier. Yeah, no, it's just, I really, I really, really pride myself that the people that I have worked with, whether they be printers, whether they be furniture makers, um, we've all actually got a really good relationship and from that we've kind of we work together now quite a lot mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's just such a fun world because you are forever learning um, I think as well in, for our next question was um, which digital technologies are you using and you've, you'll have seen changes in that as well and I think probably because you get so close to your suppliers they're actually sharing technology and sharing knowledge with you as well and giving you hints and tips as to how to make life easier for everybody and what you should specify. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've learned a lot because, I mean, I've just been, um, obviously, 
the UK has Group 5. Mm-hmm. Europe has like M1 and stuff like that. So different zones yeah. have different requirements. Um, so it's just things that you, you're forever learning and you're forever having to know this stuff if this is the route you want to go down. And it's it's always really fun because every time a supplier does have something new, they usually do ring me up and say, do you want to see it? Because they know that, one, I absolutely do want to see it. Yeah. And two, because I do love to learn. I love to know how things work. Technology is, technology is so, so exciting, especially how you can combine it and utilize it within the design world. You know, you have 3D printers now. That, that could be a massive game changer. It's just, I really want to work with smart, smart materials. Yes. Bucket list. Yeah. I just really, really, really want to do that. I just think, you know, the possibilities are endless. No, they are because, yeah, just as we seek engagement in everything else that we do, apps, phones, everything else, then why wouldn't you want to have that in your own home? So you, yeah. see, it, you see it coming through in electronics, um, and hopefully we'll have some of those for um, the Printerias exhibition that I'm working on for Vespa. So as I connect with all of those people, I'll share those contacts with you as well, Beth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that we actually start to have textiles that, that, that behave in an ambience or to a noise or to a heat or just just because you've programmed them to there are so many amazing possibilities aren't there um really really interesting area of the whole frame yeah i think i think my favorite would be thermochromic yes i really want to experiment with that yeah um, really do um in terms of printing though my, my favorite kind of printing would be dye sub yes especially for upholstery um i think um, I'm lucky that I have my studio in an upholstery school. Uh-huh. I get to learn about the upholstery side and what they need. Yes. So, you know, the pile and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and especially when you kind of pull the fabric for your edges and stuff. I, I found that Diasub is the one where you don't see the white lines. Yeah, when you fabric. get that penetration. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really, really, if you're going to do fabric, yeah. I'd someone who has... Yeah. yeah, and I think I think in that colour space as well, dye sublimation printing for the contract area is is doing two things. It's you know it's hitting all of those polyester and viscose blends for you as well, but you're still achieving really high Martindale and Crib Five, Travera, all all of those different fabrics that you can print on, which are necessary within the contract space. And the only alternative for that is to go out to the cellulose route, but then you've got to back them, coat them. Yeah. And do what the, the, you're adding third different different, which is you know it happens all of the time. Lots and lots of cellulose fabrics in the contract space, but you're adding external parties all of the time. So, and you're in your lead times, and a lot of the time designers don't have time for you to like faff around for your lead time. Yeah, it gets shorter they, and shorter. They want it now. They'll place the order and they expect it tomorrow. So yeah, oh, that's cool. So tell tell us how do you control color across uh, across your um, your suppliers? It's probably got, has it got easier as the years have gone on? Um, Still an it issue? Has. It has. I know that I've definitely found people that I prefer. Yep. Who have that, who make the colours better. Mm-hmm. When I work, when I do my design work, I have my um, calibrator. Um, I really, really love the colour color calibration um, because that kind of means that what you see on screen yeah, it should, it should, be, it should be what you get, yeah. It's not 
it's not going to change. Whereas before you were kind of like, I want it this color, but it's like hit and miss. It might be a shade darker. It might be two shades lighter. Yeah. Whereas now like having the color bright, it's just kind of nailed everything. I get though, I, um, when I find a new supplier, I ask them for a color spec. Yes. So they print the, um, they print, print like, do you print a colour calendar so you can pick spot colours from it? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's just so easy. It's just so much better now, especially with how uh, we've said quite a lot, that technology's evolved. Yeah. Even in the short time that I've been doing this. Um, but, yeah, you definitely find your favourites. But having a um, colour calendar is a great idea, Beth, isn't it? Because it allows you to work in real time. Because yeah. depending on the substrates from, you know, as you said, for the future, you're going to be printing on wood and, and various other bits and pieces. You know, you can print a colour calendar on that because different substrates take colour differently. Different penetrations and different ink sets go out of gamut in different directions. So for you, the designer, it allows you to have firm control and means critically that what you specified to your client is exactly what's going to be achieved. Yeah, I mean, it's that's so good because I always give my suppliers, like my well, my clients, like a sample. Yes. So they know what they're expecting. They can take it to their clients, and then yeah. it's really good because often the clients of my clients, yeah, they're not visual. Mm -hmm. So when you give them this, when you give them the um, sample, they can then begin to envision it, and they get to it's tactile, so they get to touch it. Which is really important, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're doing really well here because you just moved perfectly onto our next question. What's your, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favourite surface or surfaces and, and why? I answer this. Um, I think every surface. Every I surface. I really don't want to pick because every, every surface has a different purpose, has a different function. I mean, I laser cut steel. Yeah. Um, for Decorex. Mm -hmm. And I've never done that. That was one of my favorite things that I've done. Even though it's it's like, even though it didn't have a pattern on it, it had the pattern in it kind yeah. of thing. It's a new dimension for you, isn't it? I loved that the light from that kind of, you had the pattern from the main body. Yeah. But then when the light shone through it, you had the pattern reflected on shadows and stuff like that. So it was just, yeah, I loved that. I really, really love that. Um, but then obviously you've got wallpaper, and that's such an impact. Well, there are lots of great developments in wallpaper as well, aren't there? You've got you know lots of um, paperback silks and all sorts of things now for you to play with, which you know five, six years ago they just weren't there. But because the digital space is there and volume, it's just like, the the amount of substrates available for, for designers to work with is exploding. So then you start to push the boundaries of design because you've got the right the right fabrics in your toolbox, haven't you? Well, I've just had some samples done on gold and silver foil. I saw those. They look very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about those. They're off, they're off to Dubai at the minute. Great. Um, but, yeah, I'm just so excited about surfaces as a whole. Whatever I can get my hands on, whatever I can print on, I'm doing it. Like, I really want to play. Yeah, good for you. Um, and I think that's the best part of it because it is it is just experimentation. It is just playing. It is just kind of getting these ideas and say, I wonder if. And it's good because we're in the industry where we can say, I wonder if, and then we get to do it. Yeah. If it works, amazing. If it doesn't, you just go, okay, well, I need to work on this. Yeah. It's incredible um, creativity for you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I love the rugs as well. The rugs are super cool. Uh -huh. I do. <laughs> so they, that's just such a really cool process as well because you kind of have to then really look at your design and break it down and pick the colours and yeah. such diversity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which for you is great because you know years ago people were stuck in one space. They were stuck in wallpapers or they were stuck in fabric design. But you know, digital technologies allow you to move as a designer across the entire space and anything that that takes your fancy really it's like yeah i want to explore printing on metal and then laser cutting it or i want to laser cut fabrics i want to and as you say you know start to look at new technologies for smart fabrics and how you can build that into contract interiors it's all it's all incredible stuff isn't it really to have at our fingertips as creatives yeah no i mean the smart materials came across from that um vesper event that was in um was it Huddersfield? yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I remember the man who did that talk on smart materials and I just sat and I was really enthralled and I was like, actually, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to see how this works. And I am such a geek. So naturally, love... naturally inquisitive, Beth, is a better description. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm so conscious that we're at the beginning, well, the middle of your day, but um, we're going to run out of time. So Tell us what, you, what, well, we're, what you're working on in the near future is probably new surfaces and some of the projects that you've spoken about. Sorry, I'm going to cough. <coughs> so, um, new collections. Mm -hmm. I need to get those. I need to get that done. Um, I'm going to go off to the mountains in October. Yeah. I've got a little bridge and I'm just going to design. So I've got, um, I finally caved. I'm going to do a botanical collection. But it's a botanical collection that is my way. Okay. Than probably what they're expecting. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. That's going to be fabulous. Um, the plastic pollution is going to be the main one. I can't wait to see that as well. Uh, I can send you pictures. Yeah, do, do. We'll do another blog about all of that. Sounds like fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, so just more collections, more products. Um, I'm going away for some more factories, factory tours soon. Good. Um, through 316 Cardiff. Yeah, it's great. I, Excited to go and see what they can do and just experiment. That's great. Basically, just going to keep going. You need to have the access. You need to have that collaboration between the designer and the supplier, so that mm. you can, so that you you can push the boundaries of design. And it's a win-win because everybody's learning. Because they, you're going to do things with fabrics and substrates that nobody would have even thought of because you are the creative. So it's all it's all a big plus, isn't it, for the future? Yeah, it's so good, especially because I get the ideas. And then I have. Then you have to go to people who can make it possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've got projects coming up in Brussels, top secret projects. You've got projects in Bristol. We were talking about, and you've got things going on worldwide, really, haven't you? New York on the horizon too. Yeah. Which is all very, very interesting. Yeah. And Dubai. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm expanding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, Beth. Thank you so much for joining us. The last, just the last question, really, would be. Um, what advice would you give to a new designer at the beginning of their journey? Trust your gut. That right. is that's really the biggest thing. Like you'll never lead yourself wrong. If it feels right, go for it. Just ask. Figure out how to do it later. Just go. Follow your instincts. That's it. Oh, Beth, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Wish yeah, you well in all of your endeavours. We can't wait to see your next two collections. That's so exciting. 
Thanks, Debbie. That's great. So for, for all of the, the listeners, we'll make sure that the, uh, the notes and uh, the way to get in touch with Beth and see all of her new collections will be on the podcast online. Um, Beth, speak soon. All right, speak soon. See you later. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.